0: How you doing? This is Reanimated, episode 284. Uh, my name's Stuart, and uh, joining me is H.A. Conrad in New York this morning. Hello.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Hey, greetings. <laughs> um, it's actually a huge news week. Yeah. Zombie stuff, but we do have a couple of things to get into before we get to episode 10 of, sorry, season 10, episode 20 of um, The Walking Dead Splinter. So let's let's kick it off. Hit it
1: welcome hello um so wanted to talk just a little bit about current news events and stuff happening with reopenings and the biggest thing that came out is just miami is not shockingly a like big meltdown right now they're like calling out people to try to get people to not be out on the streets um i expect we'll probably see some spiking covid cases it's been spiking but not as much as you probably would expect um maybe because it's a younger cohort of people down there but kind of disheartening to see what's happening and hopefully this isn't what happens elsewhere but really this is just masses of people in the worst case scenario um And it stressed me out like so much that I couldn't even honestly watch some of the footage or see some of the photos, because the idea of just that many people out unmasked freaks me out. Um, Maybe that's just the reality that I am living in these days. (laughs) But I don't know if you saw it all, but it really is is quite upsetting. Um, No, I don't
0: have a lot of bandwidth for Florida right now. I'm just trying to focus on my sphere of influence.
1: Um, But, I mean, I think that the big thing is, is like, you know, if any of the to drive the variants and things like that, this is exactly the behavior that you don't want to see. So I'm just hoping that and and vaccine rates in Florida has not been the the rollout has been anything but smooth. So um, hopefully it will all be okay. The other thing that came up yesterday was that although most colleges have canceled spring break, the students are doing it anyway because they are all remote classes. So it's not like they're tied to a location, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just doing it anyway. Um, and, you know, we're seeing more vaccines here in New York. Um, I think just based on they've now opened up or will be opening up. um all the pharmacies and things like that um, here had been only catering to teachers and people over at this point, 60, 60 years old, so um, they are now opening that up to everybody with any of the any of the um, comorbidities um, and health issues. So, but that is supposedly going to. Pay, I think they're probably going to open it up to everybody pretty soon. So. Um, they're, because it's pacing with the, they, they're getting a lot more vaccine supply apparently. So it's pacing with the appointments. So New York is now, um, I think they said 25% of the population is currently vaccinated, at least with one shot, which is a pretty, you know, it's getting there. Um, how is it still going on with your neck of the woods?
0: Not much change. Um, still flat as far as, uh, what the county is getting.
1: Mm. Yeah. And then, um, I my, my brother is out in Oklahoma, and the interesting thing out there is that um, a lot of the Native American tribes got an enormous amount of vaccine supply. Um, they actually did a pretty incredible job rolling it out, uh, but they had a lot left over, so they basically opened it up to anybody living within a certain distance from their tribal lands, which includes non-Native Americans. Uh, so my brother and his uh, partner both... Uh, got vaccinated yesterday because of that and said, uh, his, his assessment, it was kind of, you know, he said it was a little upsetting. He's like, cause part of the reason he thinks that they have more is because it's people are just not as willing to get it there. Um, and they were the only two people waiting for vaccines at the place that was clearly set up for thousands. So that's interesting. Um, that said happy that he and his partner got the first one. Uh, they got Moderna. Um, and I don't know. I guess we just have to see how things go from here. But I'm wondering if that experience will be, you know, different in states where there's, like, less acceptance of the vaccine. Um, but it sounds like your state could use with more, right? So, or at least yeah, your, your area of the, the California.
0: Yeah, well, they're they're trying to, you know, put it where it's more needed first.
1: Right. So. Um,
0: and that's just... We, everybody of course wants there to be just an exponential increase in, in availability, including me, but that's not just that's just not reality, uh, the reality right now, right? So, However,
1: well, that's that's all the updates as far as I, you know, the COVID stuff, and I guess we'll see as things start to, to ramp up. Um, and you know, hopefully, it'll get better. Um, mm-hmm. That said, we do have a lot of news. Um, Some of our biggest news is good news for a former Walking Dead cast member, Stephen Yoon. It was a huge
0: week for Stephen Yoon last week. I mean,
1: it's pretty awesome. Although I have to say, like, them them categorizing Minari as a foreign language film or like a foreign film was kind of stupid, right? Considering that it's an American production. He is nominated for an Oscar, which is awesome. Um, Or the show is. And he is too, I thought, right?
0: He's yeah, he's nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor. Right, right. That's right, where he right. is. So that's why it's big. For, I mean, I don't know about Minari. I haven't seen it. I didn't realize that it, they were calling it a foreign movie. I, don't I know think they, they are. were,
1: and then that is like uh, not really the case. But anyway, but I'm psyched for him, and also um he's got lots of stuff coming up. Um he, There is another show that um, he is going to do with um Ali Wan. It's a it's a dramedy. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I don't, I didn't necessarily see what the, the, Whole, uh,
0: that announcement's really early days, but it was just released within like a day yeah, of well, his I'm, Oscar nom, and so you're well, just look, like, oh, I think my they're God. trying
1: to, yeah, they're the trying to drum the... up some stuff, and I'm psyched for him because I'm, as yeah. I've said, I really have been kind of sad not to see him in more because I think he's an incredible actor, so really happy for him, and I'm, I'm glad his star is finally getting recognized. Um, well, he
0: had to go out after Walking Dead and do a bunch of different yeah. stuff, right? And what well, we all we saw was Mayhem, but he's actually done a series of other. Sign- like important movies and, and movies that will would let him stretch his legs and so right. that that was all building up to this and so i just think it takes time you got to put in that time you can't go straight from walking no dead to you gotta
1: Oscar. put in the time but i mean i just you know for him it, it's sort of like i think he is such a versatile and good actor that yeah. um, I kind of expected to see a little bit. Uh, I didn't expect him to sign up for like another full on series. I mean, come on, uh, we we both saw him in. I mean, that's the thing. He's been associated with some of the biggest series of all time, like Breaking Bad, Walking Dead. Um,
0: Wait, Steven Yeun was in Breaking Bad. Yeah,
1: that's the whole thing. That was the whole thing where they like, uh, he's he's got a role in that, and there's this whole like conspiracy. This whole theory that um, that Walking Dead is actually a continuation of Breaking Bad. <laughs> that he well, that he causes the zombie apocalypse with his uh, drugs or something like that. Um, but, um, uh, in any case, uh, he, he, I mean, he wasn't like a, like the, his level of involvement in Walking Dead is obviously much larger, but, um, I didn't expect him to sign up for like a really big series or anything like that, but I was hope and, and he has been, you're right, he has been doing like a lot of roles, but I just felt like he's such an amazing actor. I felt like he should have been more visible anyway, um. But in any case, it's happening. It's all happening for him now. Um, he was not
0: in Breaking Bad. What are you talking about? Wasn't
1: he in Breaking Bad? No, he
0: was not in who Breaking was, Bad.
1: Who was in Breaking there Bad? There was birthday, nobody
0: but... who was a cro- I don't know of anybody who was a crossover, unless they were a very small part. But, I mean, it was the blue meth that was the drawing. And the fact that they had a car that looked similar.
1: Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And I
0: Daryl thought... <laughs> told some story about a dealer he used to know that people thought was Jesse Pinkman. But there was no Steven Yoon physical crossover. Hmm. Starting right. rumors.
1: I don't think so.
0: It's not in his filmography. All like right. He went from Big Bang Theory to Walking Dead.
1: Well, in any case, Big Bang Theory is also pretty good. Um, I mean, unless there's a
0: crossover there, that could be pretty interesting.
1: Okay, you're right. It's the car. I'm starting rumors.
0: So the other thing that I noticed, uh, just as I was like perusing Amazon Prime, because I'm feeling like I'm, I've watched everything on the internet lately. Uh, And I saw that there was a trailer for Invincible, which I know is a Kirkman, another Kirkman comic book project that's coming to, well, it's going to be an animated show. It's coming out actually on March 26th. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Steven Yew is the voice Mm -hmm. of the lead character, Mark Grayson, in that. And it's just like, holy crap, this guy is everywhere this week. Well, yeah, and And they should be,
1: I mean, whoever his PR people are, they should be absolutely taking advantage of this. Um, And that,
0: I feel like, is very low profile. Um, And maybe it's just because... We have to see how good Invincible is before, um, you know, or the Invincibles are before uh, any people want to throw more light on Kirkman. Maybe his star has uh, sort of faded since Walking Dead is in its like, you know, 10th season and the book is no longer in publication.
1: Yep. Um, And in other news, uh, Joseon Exorcist. Hmm.
0: There's a new show coming out from, you know, South Korea. Set in the Joseon period, which mm-hmm. is the same as Kingdom and the same as Rampant, I believe, was the movie we we watched yep. about it. And there's going to be politics <laughs> and, and hats versus uh, creatures that probably look like people. But these are um, people infected with, like, evil spirits, I guess. But definitely not zombies. This is definitely different from the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They go to great effort to uh, to state well, that case they're in Josen,
1: this article. are Josen thing, hmm, though, question. There's, anyway, they yeah. just want those hats, I'm telling you. Um, I'm
0: pretty sure it's they're like, oh, wait, those hats are really kicking cool. off in the U.S. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then um, there's a couple of... Um, like uh walking dead sort of announcements one is there's a, a off but there's a pretty big spoiler in there i don't know do we want to talk about the spoiler it does seem we don't
0: have to we don't have to i i, I think that if if we share this article link in the show notes it goes with a caveat that there's some they're, they're writing about some stuff in this article that i had no idea about Same. from the first half of fear the walking dead and so maybe you don't have to read the article however the big news here, and there there isn't a lot of information out, and I would say watch this space for more information, yep. is that Dead in the Water is a newly announced digital series spinoff from Fear of the Walking Dead. And it is going to be set on a nuclear submarine at the beginning of the Zombocalypse. And right. I think that is a really cool premise.
1: It is, yep.
0: And I'm excited to see what what happens with it. I don't know if it's going to be an animated series or just a a series of webisodes. That's what I mean when I say there's not a whole lot of information out there. A digital series. I don't know what you think that means, AJ.
1: Yeah, it's unclear. Um, I don't know if they mean that's just not like I felt like maybe webisodes, too, but unclear. Um, So we'll see.
0: I hope it's a little more than just webisodes because those I mean, yeah, sometimes they release like 10 episodes, but each of them are 30 seconds long. And I don't see why. Yeah, I don't know. I would rather they did something a little more uh, beefy than that, but we'll see.
1: Um, in other news, uh, Zack Snyder basically more Army of, uh, Army, Army of the Dead um, sort of teasery stuff going on um, with that.
0: This was such clickbait to me. Oh, I, clearly I saw this it headline is. Or the, the I lead just was. I was just...
1: I'm basically using this as a moment to talk about Zack Snyder for a sec. Which is, first oh, of all, God. this is clickbait. And anyway, he says that his group of people are better at killing zombies than they were in, in Dawn of the Dead. Which, yeah, no kidding, because they're so all the like, military. Because the they're like yeah. military trained. So so of course they are. In um, *Dawn of
0: the Dead*, it was like Ving Rhames and then a couple of mall security guards, a nurse, yeah, and then like, some like just random. I, I think
1: we we it's pretty clear that they wouldn't be quite as good at zombie killing as these other folks. Um, but <sighs> I, I use this as an excuse to bring up the fact that uh, the uh, the whole four hour uh, yeah, Justice League thing that I came watched out. It. You watched, I watched it. it. Yeah, I have watched. not it yet. Took like
0: four sittings, but honestly. It elevates that film, which was kind of meh, to okay. holy crap.
1: Okay, so maybe I will. I will do it. That was part of my excuse for bringing this up was just to bring up Zack Snyder. Um, we saw the four hours thing and just couldn't dive into it. So I think maybe we we might do it, but we'll do the same thing in four sitting. So anyway, um, it's and-
0: separated kind of into chapters now too. Mm-hmm. If you watch it on HBO Max, all right, which I think is the only place to see it.
1: All right, well maybe we'll do it then. Um, and then but last, the weirdest
0: but- thing though, it's uh. It's in 4-3 resolution. That's it's, weird. It's really weird. And they, it, there's a little note at the beginning of the movie that's like, this is presented in 4-3 uh, you know, ratio, four, three, to preserve uh, Zack Snyder's vision.
1: <laughs> what vision is that? <laughs>
0: um, All I'm saying is it kind of works. Uh, by right, the end, right. you, don't, you don't even notice anymore. No, so. Okay.
1: Well, in any case, uh, there's that. So I will... I will Circle back once I finish watching that, um, and then last but not least, this interesting combination. Um, the the uh, first we feast. Uh, they they they're doing a Walking Dead inspired cooking show. Um, with-,
0: with with Walking Dead. Actors. Actors, yeah. Doing the cooking, right? Yep,
1: doing the cooking uh, with honestly, apocalypse with so apocalypse inspired dishes, which I'm like, all right, I'm gonna totally watch this clearly. So the anyway, the
0: emotional art for this is Kari Payton cooking outside also. Yep. I was like, Yeah, yeah, let's do I can do deal
1: this. with that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that's exciting. Um, so that rounds up the news for the day. Um, and again, sorry for retrofitting Steven Yoon into Breaking Bad, but really honestly, <laughs> it would have been a better show with him in it as any show would, would be. Have. And yes. just saying, like I'm, I'm, you know, all, all on board the Steven Yeun train. Um, in any case, uh, the next episode, or the next recap we are doing right now is uh, Walking Dead episode twenty of season ten, called Splinter. It is uh, directed by Laura Belzey and written by Julia Rookman and Vivian um, C. And it is very much a, um, am I? Did I misread that, or so I'm I'm, I'm far-sighted it's, now, so I'm trying sorry. to read this for where, where I'm. You, you, from. Got it. you got it. Um, old age, folks, old age, just setting in. Um, in any case, um, this is a princess-focused episode, um, and again, we're seeing some of the decisions, and I, I'm guessing this is probably going to last most of the season. Um, but this is basically, you know, it's sort of the the hoops they have to jump through probably because of the COVID stuff. And I actually thought that it was... Did you see the after commentary um, with Angela?
0: Yes, yes.
1: And there's like a couple of shots in there and you see uh, some of the walkers and the actors are actually wearing masks um, which I'm sure that, you know, because they have to CGI their faces afterwards or whatever, but it's just interesting. They're wearing like COVID masks. Yep, yep. well, the they're wearing
0: like N95s during Yeah While they're
1: with... Uh, yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting uh, just to think about the production issues, and then even what they were talking about. Angela Kane was talking about how, you know, they actually did have this. The main set was a boxcar. But they also built the set on a soundstage so that they could, like, air it out and the actor wouldn't just be stuck in this, like, sort of narrow space with the crew members. Um, so imagine
0: shooting in a boxcar right, in Georgia. Right. Like, how much How much cast and crew? I mean, there's not much cast in there, but the crew. Right. And the cameras, the equipment. Ugh, no, thank you. Well, so, yeah, I feel exactly. Like that was a, and the way this a is. a small price to pay, probably. For
1: right. Them. And the way that this is shot is very close up to her. She's doing a yeah. lot of work. Um,
0: Dude this actor what's her name paula something
1: um yes she, uh,
0: she is incredible she is just like swinging for the for the fences in this episode i think it's such a powerful um acting workshop for her and and you know when you watch the angela kang commentary at the end too she just continues to under underline like she shows you a couple of the scenes where you're like oh my god yeah she was totally working in this episode she goes from crying to and you see her whole like inner uh, you know, the, the, the wheels moving in her head and, and it all happens on her face, too. It's just it's just incredible.
1: It's Pella Lazaro. Yeah. Um, and she is um, a Puerto Rican actress. And so um, this is, you know, I had not seen her in anything else other than this. Um, uh. So this was sort of my first uh, uh, first interaction with her first first thing I've ever seen her in um but she's fantastic and this I mean I liked her in when they introduced her character but this was just an incredibly difficult task and she kept it going the entire episode because this is basically like there are definitely parts where she's acting with other people but for the most part she's just on her own yeah so that was pretty cool and uh I feel like there's definitely just such a range with her, um, where she really gets this character and has absolutely figured out who this person is, and it's not an easy person to portray, uh, to portray in the way like that she does. Um, so, um, for those of you who haven't or need or haven't seen it or need a reminder, so they this group came across Princess. She's been living on her own during this whole thing. Um, and has really Did come she,
0: up. I don't even remember if in her backstory she was a in a group. I think she might have. She been might have been earlier,
1: but then is not, and has she's
0: been on her own for a long, a time. a long like, time, and like and maybe years.
1: She's showing some cracks because of that, but like she she basically was coming up with little vignettes with walkers just to like keep herself probably you know to as a as a defense mechanism so that she's not lonely and she yeah. really she has lives a in her
0: head she lives in her head all the time and i think we just kind of get to see some of that in in here
1: right stuff, and and she also stuff, so. and because of that she also has a very hard time just sort of disseminating what is real what is not um what and also dealing with real people which we saw in the in when she was introduced because um, she definitely was you know sort of doing her her thing and not realizing necessarily the impact it was going to have or maybe she didn't realize that she just wasn't she's not used to being around humans really um and aside from that in this episode we hear some of the background before the whole thing happened um before the whole zombie apocalypse happened and um it also set her up Maybe in some ways it set her up to survive, but it was definitely not the healthiest of environments, Mm-mm. and so that is also informing how her reactions to all of this have been. So another
0: abused person yeah. coming out, um, you know, at least being a survivor in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So add her to Daryl and Carol, at least for this um, like season of appendix. <laughs> There's been a right. lot of abuse stories, right? And yeah, so it's that that was that was an interesting revelation too, and. One of the, one of my other favorite parts about this episode is the way that the other characters kind of get uh, portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela Kang goes into a fair amount of detail on it with Ezekiel. He gets a lot of lines and um, there are a few scenes with her and him. And he is a very different version of Ezekiel in this. And I thought that was a lot of fun for for Kari Payton to be yep. able to stretch his legs a little bit inside this character. I guess getting outside of him a little. But you can as soon as he drops into that skylight, you're like, Mm -hmm. And he says something like, it took some epic maneuvering. I'm like... That's, I mean, you know, in hindsight. Not not that I knew that it was in her head when I was watching it. Oh,
1: so I will but, admit to you, I immediately thought it was all in her head. Of course. <laughs>
0: so, you are always 10 steps ahead, certainly of me. Um,
1: well, but you he, know.
0: I just was like, oh, this is this is not something the way he would speak.
1: The but, reason um, why I thought it might be the case um, was actually even from the beginning. Um, everything is very much from her point of view in such a narrow way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something, and it's interesting because it's something that Angela K- Kang says in the after commentary which is that part of what they're trying to do here is to show like what what perspective it might be and that things might not be as the person that you're the perspective you're seeing it it's what they're seeing it but it may not be reality and you know you like especially in dealing with this new group of people there's just like a ton of fear unknowns and you see these people dressed up in all this like crazy armor and um you know for for princess it was sort of like there was a bit of a um the way it was filmed with the focus felt almost dreamlike. Like there was a lot of like sort of quick edits, but also um, like kind of blurring almost. So it almost seemed like, is she actually seeing this? Is this? So it made me question um, her narrative from the beginning, like even from when they were being taken and put into the boxcar. So I was a little bit on guard. And then when he, when Ezekiel wasn't acting quite as the Ezekiel, we know, I was like, oh, this has to be in her head. And, And similarly, um, I wasn't totally positive about uh, Kumiko, um, or Yumiko, rather, um, but um, because we don't see her, like, she's just talking to her through the boxcar, but part of me was, like, is this in her head, or are they, or is there somebody pretending to be Yumiko, over there, just trying to get information from her. So I just felt like things weren't as they seemed. So that yeah, was sort I, of where I, I was coming expecting
0: at them it. to pan out, and then just show people standing outside the train car listening to her talking. Right. <laughs> like I,
1: that's I. Yeah. I had the same the same reaction, and then the other part of it was, um, and again, this was just like, oh, th- this is kind of strange. Like the hole that she can get out of in, outside into the world. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily. It felt like a pretty big oversight for a group that seemed so organized. <laughs> um, so I just felt like things couldn't be quite as they were appearing. But I wasn't sure of everything. Like I wasn't sure if maybe Ezekiel was there and she was just sort of like projecting these these reactions I mean, to him. Even it-
0: by the end, even watching Angela Kang's uh, description and like the explication of what's what you've just seen, by the end of this episode, she even throws some more doubt on it. She's like. Did she even reach for the guard's machete at the beginning of the episode? Mm -hmm. We're not sure if that even happened or if she was just picturing the worst possible worst case scenario, which I can 100 percent relate to. Right. Um, like playing those sorts of things in your head over and over again. And, and, and did she ever even run out of the train car after she's taken out the guard and and have that conversation yeah. at the fence with those two zombies and Kari Payton? Well, and I think no. I think the answer is no. She never did any of that stuff. She right. was always just in the train car losing her mind. You know, right. and That's kind of an interesting re- revelation to have too.
1: Right. And, and you know even how they reveal it um, the story that she's telling Yumiko or she thinks she's telling Yumiko who knows what's happening there as you said. Like we don't know whether the things that she saw actually happened um and or if it's just like her having pretty much like a breakdown because of the fact that she's now locked into a confined space which is a trigger for her um and the splinter is obviously a trigger for her and um, and we, th- she's even telling a story, and at the end of it goes, oh, I didn't realize that this is where it was going. So even in her own head, she doesn't know, <laughs> like, sort of, like, she's just doing, and she's doing all these, like, kind of self-comforting things, like naming the capitals of the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we learn so much about her. And again, I can't, like, this, I cannot, uh, you know, um, express enough how how great um, this actor is in doing in portraying this character. And frankly, um,
0: the writing for this character, yeah. I've I've always been a fan of it. And I think, like putting all of these quirks and ticks and little like like you said, self soothing or like self mental corrections that she has to do to like keep herself on track. This is this telling a story about a woman who's been on the edge of losing her complete mind for a long time, and she's come up with all these tools that kind of work for her but obviously don't don't really work when she's locked in a train car and i think that 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 just paints a really complete not complete but a really good picture and a, a deep picture for this character and that this show has not done this kind of character development in seasons and i'm i'm honestly just so glad that they've had this opportunity and it's been now three episodes of really intense character development
1: Right, maybe um, not so
0: much in the first episode.
1: Well, and then the other thing I've I've read uh, Paula Lazaro's uh, biography, and now I'm like kind of sad because apparently she was one of the artists in residents at the Atlantic Theater Company here in New York um, in like 2017, and she's a playwright as well, and mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of her characters are pretty in depth and are layered like this. So maybe this has given her. Uh, she she seems to be pr- like have a good base of pay- playing these complex characters that are both uh, like, like stealing and and survivors, but also very vulnerable and having these defense mechanisms that don't always serve them as well as you would hope. But um, now I'm just sad that I missed (laughs) some of the, these plays that she did. Um, But in any case, um, I think that The other thing I'm impressed by in how she is portraying this character and how the writing, I think you're right, the writing is incredible, but um, for an actor to have this much energy and to keep that energy going, we have seen places where this has absolutely failed, where it's just really a slog to watch this. I didn't feel that at all with this. And Mm -hmm. yes, she is interacting with others, but the majority of this is just kind of her in her own head. Um, and having to show the audience all of those things. And she does it with not like she, she, the writing is very good, but she is also doing just an incredible job at shifting like her mindset. Um, we see all of these things and you can imagine how it would be like even up to the point where, when she's imagining herself outside of the boxcar with Ezekiel and she's making a choice to come back, um, we see the walkers dressed up like she did, in, like where they found her. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting episode to me. It's probably honestly, it's one of the better episodes I think I've seen. Um, so I'm really, and I'm I'm loving the stuff that they're showing with this character. Um, yeah. And again, they the other piece of it is is that the 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 troopers. Um, there is just this. Distrust, which you would imagine, and then there's this also question, which I think Angela Kang brings up in the in the commentary after as well, which is, who is the good guy? Who is the bad guy? It's mm-hmm. is it you know we've seen. This is an
0: age-old question on this show, right? Right. right. Um, Are but we we've the baddies seen, being the uh, primary question? That right. The,
1: but I mean, we've seen in the last we've seen in the last three episodes the the characters exploring this question, um, especially you know just in terms of what happened, uh, what happened with the whispers, what happened with Hilltop and Alexandria, what's happened with Negan, for example, um, and you know it's an interesting theme to be exploring here, and so. You know, if you step back, you can definitely see, well, maybe they are evil and maybe they are doing, like, terrible things. Or, as the trooper is telling her, maybe they're trying to protect people because they're very organized and they have to be very careful about who they invite. Much like um, our hilltoppers and Alexandrians um, have been. And, you know, like, remember when, um, you know, when the last episode where we have... um, um the questions about who <laughs> who who they are as a, as a people and what they're willing to do and the the game of Russian roulette. and it's it's an interesting yeah. thing to examine. So um, so I really enjoyed this episode. so definitely excited. This season overall to me has been just totally I, I've liked every episode so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, and one of the questions I had to keep asking myself as I'm watching this was, Like, they didn't think they were going to get an opportunity to tell this story. And so this is, like, new created content, I feel like, they did in the writer's room ahead of season 11. Because that story is going to pick up from some sort of, like, subsequent interrogation with the stormtroopers. And so they came up with this story. And I think that that was, like, an interesting way to to develop a character. Like, they took the opportunity to develop Princess while... Not really derailing their meeting up with the Commonwealth or whoever the stormtroopers are going to end up being part of. I assume it's the Commonwealth, not knowing the 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 story of the the written plot. Um, and I just think that that's that's like what an opportunity for the writers' room, <laughs> right, <laughs> and,
1: to come up with a totally new way of telling this. And I think very
0: in a way in, in a way that isn't going to like vastly change the way season eleven is going to be told. I guess is kind of what I'm thinking about too. Like they just have some wiggle room here. And so they're using it to to do for character development and and to introduce new characters like every episode except, well, this episode, the young stormtrooper guy, we don't know if he's going to be a repeat character at all. But every other Mm -hmm. episode so far, we've been meeting new people. And that's been that's been kind of like wild to me, too.
1: Yep, Yeah. No, I've been enjoying that as well. And. You know, I, I do even think with, like, the interrogation and the way this was shot and just coming up with new ways to tell this story and having to work around those restrictions, I think they've done an amazing job. Um, and I think it's been successful. I mean, we all know the reasons why they're doing this, but I think there are probably ways that you could... Um, there are ways that you could have fallen down with this pretty easily, and we've seen a little bit of that with other shows. So, um, I think that this is—I've been truly enjoying it. Um, I would again, she is a an actor. I would love to see in so much like now. I'm like, oh, well, she's doing Walking Dead. Let's see what else she can do because I don't know how long live this is going to be since Walking Dead is starting to sort of wind down and there's spinoffs. So maybe she'll be part of that effort. Who knows? Um, It would be cool if she was, though. That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And who knows? I mean, Angela Kang is going to be the showrunner for the Daryl and Carol spinoff. Yeah. Uh, So I've seen anyway. And I was doing some um, some back reading on Angela Kang uh, just because she has like completely turned around the show, I think, for us since she became the showrunner. And because um, didn't she become showrunner in season nine or was it just this season? I don't remember. I thought She anymore. came
1: showrunner in season nine. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Either either way, like since she's come on board, it's been a, a palpable difference. And we, yep. we uh, what I say, come on board. That's not even accurate because she she's been wrote, on board. Yep. She wrote episodes for season two.
1: Yep. And at no, some she's point, been... I
0: feel like uh, it would behoove us to do an episode of our podcast where we just look at the episodes of Walking Dead that she's written. Yep. And I think it would actually tell a very interesting story about um her impact on this show because i think she's written just looking back at her film, uh, like her title credits she has written some of the most interesting episodes of this entire show oh, yeah. even in the bad seasons uh-huh. she was responsible for some of the good episodes and i'm sure there's some clunkers too because nobody's perfect but like this was her second job right. walking dead when she started in 2012 or whenever what, 2011 maybe for season 2 she had done uh, she'd written on terriers Mm-hmm. Which was a really funny show that only lasted a season and a half. And um and then she came to Walking Dead like and that was out of grad school as far as I can tell. I think she might have interned on one other show like uh, an end of the world show that, that was a pilot on on Amazon that we hated. But um, <laughs> she, this was not like she has not been doing this. She hasn't she didn't have a huge career before Walking Dead. Like this is I think the, the majority of what, her work. And uh, I think the show was really lucky to get her.
1: Oh, I think they're definitely lucky to get her. I also definitely know that whenever she has written an episode, it tends to be one that you and I like. Um, I will say that there have been some clunkers, but I don't think that that was um, basically... I don't think that was her fault <laughs> cuz basically she had to write it within whatever structure um and storyline they were going they were going yeah. for at that time so she wasn't the showrunner um I personally think that her um her her thought process, her vision for the show is definitely in line with one that I agree with, which maybe is why I enjoyed so much. But I just think that she's so much more consistent with how she portrays the characters. She definitely has a sense of who they are. We're not seeing a ton of retrofitting going on with the story she tells, and I would say there's just not a laziness to the storytelling that we've sometimes seen um, in other in other um, other things. Um, yeah. So and I would say that you know she she basically um she had done some stuff, like, I mean, she did a little bit of stuff with like Grey's Anatomy and stuff, but as like That's right. formal, Grey's too. but that was like very much like she was like an intern or whatever. But clearly, she is an extraordinarily talented person. Um, and she really, I think, has changed the tenor and quality of this show in a good way. And, um, as far as I'm concerned, she should r- show run all this, <laughs> all the things in the Walking Dead universe, though I know she wouldn't be able to. Um, so I'm excited to see what what she does in terms of some of the spinoffs, but um, at just a huge fan on on from from my point of view, I am just like yeah. all all Angela all the way. Um, so and I've also been really enjoying her commentary uh, for the season. It's been kind of cool to see her vision and her thoughts and, and some of the things oh, totally. that went behind it. I think it's enhanced my um, enjoyment of the show a lot. So it's it's kind of cool to hear her talking about it. And I think one thing that is absolutely clear whenever she does talk about it is how excited she is about the show and how much she loves it which <laughs> she, is, yeah she
0: doesn't appear to be speaking from a uh, a, tele, a teleprompter I don't no. know maybe she is but yeah, it seems like she so. just has all this ready to go up top of her up at the top of her dome she's just like yep and then this happened and then we were talking about this and this is great and look at this character and it's like yeah man I feel your energy
1: yeah no it's fantastic so so I just and I and I feel like that's exactly what this show needs and look this show is like 10 seasons in and we're still talking about this and enjoying this so much I think that that speaks a lot to the vision that she has so so you know Angela team Angela all the way team Angela
0: for sure well I think I think that probably brings us to the end of what we're going to be talking about today it was like you can't talk too much about this episode because so much of it did happen in her head there wasn't a lot of um of yeah there weren't a huge amount of pieces to this episode even though it was a regular length episode we did really enjoy it. It's just I think it's a little difficult to break down, um, right? I mean, beyond I think what we've talked about.
1: yeah. And I do I think one last commentary on the uh, comment on it is just in terms of the princess character and how um, the other characters because um, they, she she's sort of pro- like projecting what her own sort of struggle in her head is in terms of what she should do, not do. She's an impulsive character that just has like this really well honed survival instinct, and so. You know, but she also understands, or some part of her understands, that this impulsivity could cost cost her and her friends if she does things wrong so she's sort of like yeah. fighting with that stuff so that's kind of the way it plays out I think is pretty interesting so definitely if you haven't seen this yet watch it I might even watch it again because um, it's just kind of interesting um, yeah it's
0: one of those psychological ones you, right. might, you might need to watch twice but you know the uh, they did the intro um, voiceover again mm-hmm. which we, you and I have been a little back and forth this on this one
1: I felt was good though this it one was very was, on this... target yeah and the video also matched because...
0: the voiceover and right it did show you the fact that she has made other decisions that have negatively impacted the group right. before, and so this episode is a lot about her like second guessing herself, right? Right. Yeah.
1: And the other the other reason I think that this voiceover to me was made a lot more sense, aside from the fact that they actually matched it correctly, is that yeah. we haven't seen these characters yet this season, and we it's been a while since yeah. we've seen them. So I think it was helpful to have a slight reminder. Um, and
0: and uh, Eugene has to be like, hey, we don't even know if we've beaten the whispers. Like that's how far right. out of everything right. they they are. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, the other comment I'll make about that, though, is just the Eugene, uh, like, like uh, the thing that still bothers me about their whole journey and and their search and, and Eugene's trust in Stephanie um, mm-hmm. just really still doesn't sit well with me. But, you know. Um, but they, they,
0: they spoke on the radio a lot, but uh-huh. it is a little bit like Alicia talking to Jack. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I remember. That relationship. Yeah. yeah so, That was a a radio only relationship with two teenagers, or at least she fell in love with him when really he was just trying to be a pirate. And, yep. and it worked. I think that was yeah. I think the first I, think, I feel like the
1: rule of thumb should be if you can't see the person, probably there should be a big hearty grain of salt you're you're throwing in the mix to try to, anything that they say, and you should be yeah. approaching anything cautiously. Which is you know, anytime you can't see who is speaking, there is a level of question in my mind and, and distrust that you you know, like similar with Yumiko, like you don't want to like, um, like unless you can see the person let's let's just approach the situation cautiously i suppose um <laughs> but in any case um i'm interested to see wh- how this story plays out i think they've set it up pretty well so really excited to to see the rest of the season still so um oh, yeah. any any other additions any other
0: I uh, just want to throw a shout out to um to friend of the show kevin who sent yes. us an email with another recommendation so we'll put that on the list and i yep. appreciate that we'll we'll get around to that french film And, um, you know, props to you out in Placer.
1: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, and if you have any comments, or if any of your listeners have comments about this episode or, or the Walking Dead in general, uh, if, if you're Team Angela and want to talk about how great she is, um, feel free to send us an email at reanimatedpodcast at gmail uh, You can leave us a note, reanimated podcast. Uh, sorry, that's the Twitter thing. Sorry, uh, send us an email, reanimated podcast. Or sorry, kill me. Oh God, I'm just. Need more coffee today, man. Um, Sorry. Let me start this from the top. So if you're a listener and would like to send us an email, uh, leave a comment, you can do that on our website, reanimatedpodcast.com. You can send us an email, re- reanimatedpodcast at com, or you can tweet it at us, reanimatedpcast.com. And we'd love to hear your comments on this particular episode or the show in general or Team Angela. If you're on it, we love we love her. Um, if you if you don't like her, I don't really want to hear about it, but I guess I'll listen to you anyway. <laughs> if, you, if you have
0: some well-thought-out critical response to, to Angela Kang's uh, show running, We'd be open to hearing it, but we'll probably disagree with you.
1: Agreed. Uh, But in any case, uh, looking forward to reviewing the next episode. And until next time, ciao.
0: All righty. Ciao. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: Bye-bye.